All right, I'll keep my opinion to myself because I have one. You know I always have an opinion, but I'm zipping it now. Hello, Michelle. Hi, Geordie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, well and good. And how about you, Michelle? You're no longer in the same room as me or the same house. You've gone back to where you belong. Oh, I am. I'm back in the mountains and uh, it's like spring. I mean, the snow is melted. It's climate change. That's how it goes. Okay. Well, that's nice. There you are. (laughs) There you have it. Thanks for the weather report, Michelle. Thanks for the global pollution report as well. I like to keep abreast of environmental of- issues. You're very up to date. We talked a lot about environmental issues last week. Have you had any feedback? Yes, we've had some feedback from our patron, not patron saint, Ben Mendelssohn. No, that's not what I was going to say. He hasn't been in touch, strangely enough. It's Al Teggett. He heard his name muttered in last week's <laughs> episode. And listeners, that was because he had sent us an idea for a story, always trying to help us out. Unfortunately, it was a story that we'd already done and he'd missed that episode. So he's not that good at listening every week, but he did listen last week. He sent me something about high altitude balloons, which I haven't looked up actually, but too late. We've talked about balloons. That was last week. So last week. Uh, Well, I think we also uh, did receive some intense information. Yes. What was that? Somebody... An eavesdropper, well, we don't think he is an eavesdropper, sent us a message and it sounded like it was someone very official. Well, I didn't click on the links. Did you click on the Good. links? No, I okay. did not. Because I, I do worry that we would get scammed if we uh, yes. clicked on those links. But I did read through it. It seems like he's a bit of a conspiracy theorist. I don't know how yes. he found us. No, that was rapid. Mm, I don't know if he found it on found us on the internet or if he found us through YouTube. It was relating to the episode last week about the balloons, aka UFOs, which then segued into the chemical explosion from the derailment in the Ohio train derailment, etc, etc, mm. if you haven't heard it. But this chap, yes, he, he was quick off the mark because we'd just released the episode and we hadn't done any social media and he clearly hadn't listened to the episode. No, and he didn't even say, Jordi and Michelle, I'm, lo- I'm looking at the message now, it says, to whom it may concern. <laughs> and the title of the email was, Tips, Biden coordinated with NOAA to put on a public balloon show. <laughs> and it goes, I mean, it was a very long message. Yeah. And lots of stats. A lot of stats, a lot of graphs of stats. <laughs> graphs and stats. Yes, uh, from a listener. Hopefully, maybe a listener, probably not a listener, Richard Brassfield. Well, apologies if he is Richard Brassfield. I'm sorry, uh, Richard. Can we call you Richard? If you are a listener and we've just dissed you by calling you a conspiracy theorist and saying that we were too frightened to click on your links in case you're a scammer. But you've just got to be careful these days, Michelle, don't you? And it didn't ring true. Most of our listeners are quite amiable when they write in. It's mostly supernatural. This was somewhat scary scary email because I I I felt a little bit nervous do you know what I'm always happy for anyone to write in and we do read it so thank you Richard for taking the time even if you did scare the bejesus out of this yes anyway (laughs) so yes listeners dear eavesdroppers please write in 
Now, there was a lot of chat about my suburban postie, Dan, last week. Now, since then, Michelle, you've got a little update of Dan because you answered the door to him on your last day here, didn't you? I certainly did. Apparently, you ran to the door. Well, look, that's not exactly true. (laughs) But I didn't know who it was. I mean, I'd been answering the door for you all week, like collecting parcels. He was never at the door, so I didn't think it would be Dan. But open the door. Who was there? Dan. Did he give you a wink? Well, he was somewhat embarrassed. So I said, oh, hot postie. <laughs> and he looked mortified. He doesn't like that. He actually doesn't like being called hot postie. Sorry, oh, Dan. All right. Well, what should we call him? Dan. Dan the postie. We had a, a, a quick chat. He said he has got some things for us. He has got some oh. stories. So, <gasps> Dan, you've got to get all over that. Our eavesdropping community is waiting. For you. Yes, absolutely. Posty stories. Can't wait. Mm. What else have you got, Michelle? Any other interesting facts and interesting figures? Have you listened to anything? I need a good podcast recommendation. Yes, yes, I do have something for you. It's not a podcast, but we have talked about this very topic on this podcast. Yes, you've got me intrigued. Well, do you know what? I've actually had a couple of eavesdroppers get in touch about yeah. this very uh, topic I'm about to talk to you about. First of all, shout out to uh, eavesdropper Chris and also eavesdropper Steph, who both uh, talked about this story. Well, hang on. Before you launch into a story, should we just introduce ourselves to our listeners who may not be aware that we are eavesdropping the podcast. You are currently eavesdropping and I am Geordie. And you? I'm Michelle. <laughs> I'm Michelle, that's correct. You got that right, Michelle. <laughs> so welcome. Welcome. You can write in. We talk about everything from true crime, real life and the supernatural. Join us weekly. And you have. You're here. Thank you. <laughs> and look, before we get to the meat of our episodes, we always have a bit of a, a chit-chat about bits and pieces. We, uh, we do have people that write in. And this was a story that I'd seen, but lots of information has been stirred up on the internet. It's about Madeleine McCann. Oh. So I don't know if you've seen, but there have been reports all over the internet about a Polish girl who actually, in some reports, they say she's German. Put a pin in that. She's come forward on social media saying... She thinks she might be Madeleine McCann. Oh. Now, for anyone who might be too young to even know or remember who Madeleine McCann is, she was the four-year-old girl, British girl, who went missing from a holiday apartment where her family had been holidaying in Praia del Luz in Portugal. And she has never been seen since. You will know this was one of the highest profile cases of the 2000s. Yes. And if she is alive... I think it's highly unlikely. I think it's super unlikely. If she was alive, she would be 19 years old today. Okay. So this girl, who actually has several different names that she's known by, I don't know why. Most of the media reports, she's been called Julia Faustina. But she's also been referred to as Julia Vandelt and Julia Vendel. Well, she has this Instagram handle called I am Madeleine McCann. Oh, my God. It's not even am I Madeleine McCann. It's I am Madeleine McCann. Right. 
on her Instagram, I've been to her Instagram page, she has quite a lot of posts all about her being Madeleine McCann. And she says a few months ago was when she started to think she could be Madeleine McCann because of something she heard her grandmother say. Yeah. She doesn't go into what she heard her grandmother say. And she doesn't even say if she's adopted or anything like that. Mm. What she does say is that she's 21. Right. But that she thinks her age could be wrong. Although she doesn't really go into why she thinks she might be 19 and Mm. not 21. So it's all sounding a little bit odd. On her Instagram page, she says she has, and I'm doing air quotes, evidence, evidence that proves that she, and in again, air quotes, could be Madeline. Fuck's sake. And look, she's taken a picture of a freckle on her leg that she says is in the same place where Madeline McCann had a freckle on her leg. Mm. Now, I've got a lot of freckles on my leg and I'm not, I don't think I'm Madeline McCann. But what about the really glaring, glaringly obvious physical identifying trait that Madeline had? So for anyone who remembers what Madeleine McCann looked like or who doesn't know what she looked like, the very, very key identifying mark that she had was a dark stroke in her iris, like a a line in her iris of her eye. The thing is, this girl does have that in the same place and in the same eye as Madeleine McCann. Oh, right. This is also what she says is evidence. Now, Madeline's was really, really prominent. And this girl's mark in her eye is quite faint. It is there. And no one can deny that it's not Madeline there. Madeline was four years old when that, when that picture was taken and who knows how it would have developed. Maybe it did fade as she got older. So that is a question mark over this girl's story. And I think that yeah. she does have that mark. Now, the other weird thing about this story is that She, at the end of her evidence and and all of these posts, bearing in mind that she's Polish and her English isn't great, she has been appealing to Madeleine's parents, Kate and Jerry McCann, to get in touch with her because she wants to do a DNA test. Mm -hmm. I have to say, this reminded me of a story that we covered about... Charles and Camilla's so-called love child where he was demanding... With his teeth all filed down and his eye colour changed. Yes, and he's, for years, decades, he's been demanding a DNA test. And obviously the royal family won't go there. To be honest, I, I kind of get it because you can't give every crackpot out there airtime for a DNA test, whether you're a royal or Jerry and, and Kate McCann, because it stirs up a lot of shit you know, mm. and you're going through a lot of hope and trauma every time you open the door to that kind of thing. However, according to a report in the Daily Beast just a couple of days ago, Kate and Jerry have said they're open to meeting with this girl. Wow. And being involved with a DNA test. Okay. I have to say, when you go through, and there are a lot of reports about this girl coming to the media saying that she's Madeleine McCann. There's also a lot of comments, and I don't know if you're a comment reader, 
or not. Oh, I don't know anything about this story at all, so I haven't read anything. I just mean in general, if you read comments Mm, on stories. Not really. I love a comment. I go through them. I think it's hilarious. I have to say there's a lot of hate out there for Kate and Jerry McCann. That would be why I wouldn't read a comment, because they're probably very toxic. It's just bitter people's trolling and commenting and opinions, really, isn't it? Who wants to hear people's opinions about things unasked? Well, with a comment section, you're generally inviting those comments. You're inviting people to have an opinion. Oh, you by want having a comment to, yes. section, right. Yeah, so I think just by the nature of a comment section, you are inviting debate. And obviously you do get trolling. Look, there is a lot of hate out there for Kate and Jerry McCann. Fuck's sake. Because over the years, a lot of people think they know what happened to Madeleine McCann and that they are somehow involved. A lot of people saying, well, of course they have to agree to a DNA test, otherwise it looks like they're guilty. What do you think about that? I think that's sick. I think that's disgusting. Who made them the judge and jury? Fucking mind your own business. Mind your own business. Honestly, unless you're involved in with the family, unless you know the family, unless you're involved in the case, keep your bloody opinions to yourself is what I think of that. All right, I'll keep my opinion to myself because I have one. <laughs> <laughs> you know I always have an opinion, but I'm zipping well, what's it now. Your disgusting, what's no. your disgusting opinion? I'm, Let's hear it. I couldn't Do you think they did it, Michelle? Say, I just think that there's a lot of uncleared evidence that has never been resolved in this case. For me, two things. Firstly, they were never prosecuted for leaving their kids unattended in a hotel room. Is that a crime? I think it is now. Maybe it wasn't then. Right, okay. I just don't think you leave young children unattended. And secondly, there was supposedly, and again, I don't know about this case, I don't know all the ins and outs, Madeleine McCann's blood was found in the boot of the hire car. Oh. And it's never been explained. Never. Okay. So they're the things that I have a question mark over the McCanns in this case. Well, if they're facts, they're very interesting facts. I mean, the the prosecution thing, let me just go back to leaving your children alone in a hotel room. Sure, it sucks. And I'm sure they're regretting that decision for whatever reasons. But back in the 70s, people were, kids were left to their own devices all the time. Possibly not twin babies and a four-year-old, but quite often children have just been left at very young ages. Yes. And there wasn't really any law to protect them. Nowadays, I think in this country at least, that's Britain, Great Britain, there is a law, I think, that means that you can't leave children alone unattended up until the age of 12. I think it was once before it was 14. Overnight, maybe. I don't know. I don't know all the details. I should know because I've got kids. (laughs) But I don't leave them alone. No, no, you don't. And, and, you know, when I think about that case and I think about the fact that, sorry for anyone who doesn't know this case, but uh, one of the things was that Kate and Jerry McCann were there with friends at this hotel. They went to the same table every night to eat in the hotel restaurant where they could have an eye line sort of on the apartment, but not really. And that also worries me because if somebody was tracking their movements and they knew that every night they were going and getting, having drinks at that same table, they were a bit of, they could have been a target. So, but anyway, um, like I said, there's a lot of hate for Kate and Jerry McCann. A lot of people think that they did it. I'm just 
reiterating opinions here. But okay. anyway, look, back to Julia and her Instagram. She's posted loads of photos on her Instagram of herself as a child where she shows the fact that she thinks she has a resemblance to, to Maddie. I don't really see it. And in the, the captions on these photos, she says things like, I have similar eyes, shape of face, ears, lips. I had the gap between the teeth. She says, I need to know the truth. I need DNA test and I need to talk with Madeline's parents. Help me. So she is appealing to the public. Have the media got in touch with her? Everyone's been in touch with her. Everybody. Right. She's also posted a police sketch that she got from the McCann's missing persons page of the man that a lot of people say they saw carrying a young child in the resort that night that Maddie disappeared. And this girl, Julia, said, I recognise this person. It looks very similar to my abuser. I need you to help me because police ignore me. This is what she says. And that's a fucking distressing thing to write on so many levels. It is. Because she's also made references in her posts to being the victim of a German pedophile. Oh, Jesus. And there is a guy, Christian Bruckner, who is a German pedophile who's in the firing line for Maddie. He's currently in prison, Mm. isn't he, for something else, but they do believe quite strongly that he is to blame for whatever happened to her. And I mean, even if she's not Madeleine McCann, is she a trafficked child? You know, what the hell's going on here? Yes. But then she said in a video where she's holding back the tears that her family have told her that she's horrible for giving the McCann family false hope that she might be Maddie. And where this story takes a really weird twist is, do you remember ages ago, I talked about a psychic called Fia Johansson, the Persian psychic. Yes, but you told us that she was a dud. Yeah, she was a dud, but she made predictions about Madeleine McCann being found and her abuser being caught. We talked about that on the podcast. Right. That's right. Well, last week, Julia named this psychic, Fia Johansson, as her spokesperson. Oh, my God. Is it not just a ruse? I don't know. It's weird. Legitimacy. It is crazy. And then Fia said that Julia was emotionally exhausted from all the online abuse since she went public saying that she's Maddie. And she also said that Julia's mental health at this moment is not good and that she needs help. And she also said that Julia's background is challenging and messy. Now, I don't know if she's saying that just from like, because she's got psychic intel or if she actually has spoken to Julia. It sounds like they're in cahoots for some kind of... Mm one way or another a Netflix show I don't know I really don't know bloody Netflix I don't know I don't know I'm being that's the cynic (laughs) in me so look at this stage it's all watch this space as to whether the McCann's will be involved in a DNA test because if I knew that the Persian psychic or the Persian medium was in on this I'd be like no no DNA test I'm done you know and I don't know how this story will run and run because Julia is not the first person to claim that they're Maddie because back in 2021 there was a TikToker who went viral because she posted a a video talking about how people always tell her that she looks like Madeline McCann and her name is Maddie oh except she doesn't have the mark in her eye and she posted a picture of herself as a four-year-old and what she looked like in 2021 and I could not see it because she looked like Taylor Swift to me, not Madeleine McCann. Right. So I'm kind of calling bullshit probably on both of these. But 
I'd love to be proved wrong. I'm sure if this girl, Julia, is Madeleine McCann, like, wow, what a twist in that whole story. But yeah, I kind of don't think this has legs. But I will post some links and you guys can all make up your own mind. Okay. Thanks, Michelle. Are we being tricked? Are we being tricked or are we being scammed? Scammed? Scammed! <laughs> are we being scammed? Because I've been thinking a lot about scamming and scammers. Yeah. Because I was listening to a great podcast actually called Love Janessa. I'm not going to talk too much about it because not all the episodes have aired yet because it's one of those week by week episodic podcasts. So you can't binge it. And I don't know how it ends yet. But And I'm, I'm going to put a pin in this also because we might talk about Love Janessa in an upcoming episode. So pin that. Well, I need a new podcast to listen to. So that's oh, good. Listen, listen to those first few episodes. We can have a discussion. I will say it's a romance scan about a woman called Janessa Brazil. I don't really think that's what she was called at birth. But anyway. That's not a real name. No. She's apparently the most impersonated person in the world and the face of a million plus internet scams. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It got me thinking about scams and scammers and how scams go through trends. Before it used to be all about, you know, you get that email from a Nigerian prince Asking for your yes. bank details so they can put $12 million into your account and then... Because you've won a prize. Well, or that, oh, can you help me out? I, I need to leave Nigeria and I need to put all my money in a bank account and I'll give you a million dollars if you put 12 in. Who believes that? People. People believe oh. that shit. So it got me thinking about like what the new scam trends are. For 2023, people. Let's find out. I think we all need to be abreast of these scams because we all think that we're smart enough to avoid being scammed, but these scammers can be really tricky. And they're smart and they're getting smarter. So I did a little digging and I found a YouTube video from Vice, actually. And it's about a thing called Dietzing. Have you heard of it? Oh, yes. Aha. Deetsing. Okay. Is that De- where people get details from your credit card? Indeed, it is. So what happens is it's stealing people's credit card information and using it to buy yep. whatever you want. But that's been going on for years and years. I had a friend who used to do that, not naming names. If she had a bad customer in her bar that she worked, she'd just get their details from their credit card and then buy herself a new sofa or a new TV and have it delivered to a different address. So naughty. So naughty. Well, I mean, this scam's been around forever. They're just calling it something new. I mean, it used to be called carding, I think. You'd get carded. Right. I mean, that's terrible. That's terrible. I mean, in various different things, I, I deal with people's credit card details. My God, you've got to have some balls to do that. And basically, <laughs> you know, the kids, the kids are doing this. It's called deetsing and they're getting car details and buying dumb shit like Uber Eats, paying for Netflix, paying for Spotify, buying holidays. And they've got no remorse about it because they are like, we're modern day Robin Hoods. Okay. What's stealing from the rich and giving to them the poor? (laughs) Yep. Because they say the banks give back the money. So it's a victimless crime. No one gets hurt. Mm. Okay. But I don't think that that's true. And no, I'll I don't. talk about that later. But apparently, they're learning how to deets people 
using computer skills that they learn at school. Oh, great. Yeah. At least they're learning something. That's good, isn't it? They are picking things up. They're not just playing with their fidget spinners. No. And chewing gum. They're learning. They're learning how to scam people. And, you know, they're also sharing the information. They've got this vice office in London where they interviewed this scammer because he didn't want his mum to find out that he's a scammer. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Mum will come down like a sack of shit on that chap if she finds out. Mm. Well, you say that, but actually a lot of these scammers come from lower income families and right. they get into this because they want to help. They want to help their parents pay the rent yeah. or they want to put food on the table for their little brothers and sisters who are hungry or, you know, they're not just buying Uber Eats. I mean, they probably are, but they, you know, they're not just being completely selfish, but also they are buying expensive hotel rooms and expensive clothes. So, you know, it's not all just um, selfless scamming. This guy, he's like got a hundred people's cards on his phone. Wow. He says he's got 66 different payment methods on his Deliveroo account. Because sometimes one of them will stop working. Yeah, one of them's expired or someone's onto his scam and he's like, oh, well, next one. But he reckons he stopped using it for delivery because it's making him fat. <laughs> but he showed this website. I mean, basically, if you want to know how to date someone, go to this video. It shows you exactly how to do it. Wow. There are websites out there that share credit card info with people. These kids who, like I said, they're mostly still at school. They know where to go to get these card details. And they feel kind of cool when they do it. They feel like they're hackers because they have access to to these cards. They'll call up the banks because they can also, there are other websites where they can hack into your bank account. And you know when you call up, well, or a bank will call you or you'll call the bank and they'll they'll ask for verification about how much money have you got in your account. That's one of their questions. Well, they can see it. So they know how to answer that question. They do have some success. These websites are really well organized and they've got hackers working for them around the clock. The hackers upload the credit card information and then it gets shared around and you get the bank ID number, you've got the expiration date, you've got the account holder's name, you've got the city that they're from, you've got their postcode and pretty much for a lot of sites, that's all you need to make a purchase and send it anywhere. And like your friend... Send it anywhere, but not your own address. Yes, exactly. And these kids are, you know, like paying 20 quid to mates to like have the packages. Goods. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, they do say that because they can see your postcode, they will do a bit of research before they buy your information because yeah. they have to buy the information off these websites. You don't just get it for free. So they'll look up and they'll, if they see you're in Chelsea or Westminster or something, they'll be like, yep, rich person. And they'll buy the card details. And he reckons it, the, he'll pay like 50 quid for the details of a card. Yeah. But it's a lottery for the scammer because they don't know if when they buy the card, there might be 50 quid in that account or right. there might be 10K. They don't know. Yeah. So if they get someone who's like in, in debit, who's actually like in the red, then they've lost their 50 quid. But in general, they'll look at the postcodes and they'll make a calculated decision. Right. They won't buy card details from anyone who's got a postcode that's either in their postcode or area or who's the same nationality as them. They've got some rules for themselves. Right. And they just buy loads of stuff. So anyway, they reckon it's a victimless crime. 
But it's not because sometimes if you're the victim of that crime, you don't get the money back from the bank. Right. And you can't always, you know, like having to prove that you did not make that transaction it yeah. is really hard. So you might get stung with it. And also, you know, on the other side, if you're stealing from a small business, and that's the thing, they won't mess with big business or government. Oh, they'll get in trouble. Yeah, and they're more likely to be found. So small businesses get really hurt by that's this. Not fair. No. And that can be the difference between those businesses paying the, their own rent Going that under. month. Yeah, and putting food on the table. And people who get scammed like this and have all the money cleaned out of their bank accounts, you know, they might not be able to feed their family. They, their credit score can go down. They can be fucked for mm-hmm. years from this yeah. if it all goes wrong. So it's not a victimless crime. But there are new scams and I'll, I'll just run you through a couple of them. Okay. Uh, these are the hot new scams of 2023, aside from Dietzing. Okay. So there's the kidnapping scams. What's that? I know. I was thinking, come on, nobody kidnaps anyone these days. But this was number one on the scam list that I read. I was like, who would even believe that? It's so far-fetched. But the scam goes like this. The victim gets a call on their mobile that seems to be from a family member, from your contact list, right? So it comes up on your phone as mum or whatever. Mum. Yep. Okay. Thing is, it's actually from a scammer who has spoofed the number. So it looks like it's coming from your family member, but it's not. Right. Then the scammer pretends to have kidnapped the person whose number they're calling from. So like I said, if you get a call from mum, they'll say they've kidnapped your mum. They'll say something like, I have your mum hostage. And then you'll hear someone yelling or screaming in the background. Oh so you think it, yeah, so, th- so you think it's your mum crying That's in the background. Dark. Yeah, it's really terrible. And so that's because they'll, they want you to think they've really got your mum. And then they'll demand payment. Otherwise, they're going to hurt them. So it's really fucking evil, especially as the scammers are putting in some good effort here. Because what they'll do is they might have looked up the person that they're impersonating on social media. So if they're impersonating your mum, they might look up Robin. Don't, don't say mum's name. They're going to kidnap her now. Oh, sorry. Okay. They might look up your mum, a.k.a. Geordie's mum. They might look her up on social media and they'll keep this in the background until they see that she's gone on holiday and that you might be worried thinking, oh, well, mum's somewhere or I haven't heard from her. And then you'll get this call. They're quite clever about it. It's not nice. Well, my mum always tells me when she's away, so I'll know. And what happens if you want to call your mum and check that she's okay? Will they intercept? No. See, this is where the scam falls down, right? Right. The other thing is they have voice cloning technology and all they need is a few seconds of audio of hearing, for example, your mum to be able to clone her voice and make you think that they've got her on the phone. But like you said, I mean, the software out there is unbelievable right now. But that's just who would think that up? I'm sorry. That's disgusting. Yeah. So they've got your mum's number showing up on your phone. They've got a clone of your mum's voice and Fucking hell. And they're probably asking you to send money before they'll release her or they'll hurt her. But while I was reading through this, I just kept thinking, you've got to think this is quite far fetched at the time. So that Yeah, the first- you'd be saying, Put her on. I want to make sure she's not already dead. Put her on. I want to make sure it's my mum. Well they've they've got the voice cloning. So how long does it last for? So you can say, Mum, tell me your safe word, Mum? What was the name of our first cat? Yes, you could do all Just of that. Check. You could do all that stuff. Or my first thought was, 
I would just grab Andreas's phone and call my mum because right. if it if you have a feeling it's a scam, grab another phone or get your own phone and text because chances are they'll just pick up. Yeah. And then you'll be like, okay, this is a fucking scam. Thing is, they don't want you to do that. They will try to keep you for as long as possible. On the phone. Yeah. And yeah, they of course. and they will ramp it up. So, you know, just be aware oh, God. that this does happen. So like I said, they will try and get you to stay on the line for as long as possible. But people, because you've listened to eavesdropping and you now know about this scam, you're gonna know what to do. You can thank us. Hope it doesn't happen to anyone. No, I though. hope not either. Really distressing. It is. Now, if you get a kidnapper call on your landline, because I've just been talking about mobiles, and honestly, I don't even know anyone except for Jen, who still has a landline. So take note. If the kidnapper calls you on a landline, then if you hang up on your end, they might not hang up on their end. Right. And it ends up becoming what's called the delayed disconnect scam. Oh. And this is usually used for fraud scams where people call a landline pretending to be from a bank, telling the person their card or their account has been hacked or compromised. Yeah. And they say, hang up immediately and call the number on the back of your card and ask for Steve in the fraud department. Well, what they're hoping is that you'll be so panicked, you'll hang up, pick up the phone. Without hearing the dial tone. Yep, you'll either hear no dial tone or... This is even more evil. The scammer will play the sound of a dial tone that sounds oh. similar. And basically, you'll dial the number, but you haven't hung up. So it's not going through. And you're actually still on the line to the scammer. To the same person who's just going to change their voice slightly. Yes, that's terrifying. Or they'll put someone else on. And because of the delayed disconnect, the scammer is still connected. And yeah. then they pretend to be Stephen in the fraud department. So basically, the upshot here is when you hang up a landline, don't make another call for at least a minute uh, to make sure your first call is fully disconnected. And don't give anyone any info, not your name, not your birth date, not the CVV on the back of your card. No. Nothing. Thanks, Michelle. That is okay. Scam number two. Oh, we're only up to number two. Well, three, because Dietzing, I guess, is the first one. Yeah. It's a self-checkout scam. So here's a quick scenario. You've been to the shop, you've gone to the self-checkout scanners, you've paid for your stuff, but when you get home, you look on your docket because you think, this seems like too much money and there's something on there that you didn't buy. Right. Well, for a start, I always do a little mental arithmetic, so I would work out at the self-checkout that there's too much money on there, but not always. But this is how this scam works. The scammer will pick up a gift card for like 20 quid or whatever. So you know how at the tills you often have gift cards that you can buy? Yes. Yep. They'll they'll go to the self-checkout, they'll scan the gift card, but not pay for it. Then they'll walk right. away with the gift card and hope that the next person who scans their groceries won't realize that something's already been scanned. Yeah. And that they're paying for the gift card as well as their own groceries. That's interesting. So they've walked away with a gift card that's already been paid for. Yeah. But if they don't, then they've only just walked away with a gift card that doesn't work. So they'll just try. They'll pick up. They'll scan. They'll do this over and over. Just walk through, scan, walk away. Wow. These are things to look out for then because I always scan my groceries. Me too. So scan, check yourself, check out to see if anything's been scanned. 
Okay. Thanks, mm. Michelle. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for all those scabalots. One, two, three, don't click, click on that link. Don't think, think that, that Nigerian prince wants to give you a million dollars. Don't give him your maiden name. Don't give them your date of birth. It's a scam. You'll get scammed. Well, it's funny that you should be talking about these scams, Michelle, because my friend was recently scammed. She's a friend of yours as well. It's Anna from France. She's an eavesdropper, so she ain't no dum-dum, that's for sure. She's not. She's a very intelligent lady. She is. Absolutely. Recently, she was very keen to sell something on Facebook Marketplace. Now, I do, in my role as a declutterer, often sell things on this platform, and I know Plus eBay, I know when scammers are around, where you can usually tell they're a little bit different from the usual buyer. But Anna's desire to earn some cold hard cash got her all excited and perhaps she didn't see the flags in time. Plus, as you've just illustrated in your stories, these scammers, they keep you befuddled. They keep Mm. you on the phone. They throw things at you and there's always more than one at work here. It's not just one person chancing their arm. It's more than that. Yeah. She was selling this item and she had a feeling of unease throughout the whole transaction. But the buyer was aggressive in their approach and wouldn't give her a chance to stop and think, which was, like I said, probably the plan. They wanted to use, this is the buyer, they wanted to use the French version of PayPal, which is called Paylib. It's actually linked to a well-known bank. It's used quite frequently throughout France. Nothing unusual about that. So it's legit. It's a legit payment platform. It's legit. Okay. Except... Our friend Anna didn't have Paylib. In order to make this transaction, she needed to download it onto her phone, the app, to complete the transaction. So while she was doing that, the buyer sent her a message pretending to be Paylib. I was going to say, did they give her the link? Oh, just sign up here. Something like that. They were posing as Paylib. They kept her on the phone while they cleaned out her account, which left her husband stranded in the middle of France on his way back to England in his car. No petrol for the van, which was a bit of a problem. But that wasn't the scam she wanted to tell us about. But because she was scammed that one time, she became a target. (gasps) It's almost like her details were sold or something. Yeah. So suddenly she's getting loads because she's still got stuff on Facebook Marketplace she wants to sell. Yeah. And they just don't let her alone. They, they're on her constantly. They're popping up from different profiles on Facebook. And her take is, our friend Anna's take is, that being bombarded with all these messages inquiring about sales, some of the accounts are made to be obviously fraudulent, which will leave you thinking that the ones that slip through the net that are a little bit more legitimate looking are okay, right. if you see what I mean. So they're kind of like throwing so many fraudulent profiles at you that, Eventually, one of them, it might look less fraudulent and you'll just go, oh, that must be okay." But they're not. So what happened to her was through Facebook Marketplace again, the buyer asked to buy one of her items and they negotiated between the two of them 10 euros off. So it went from 150 that was advertised to 140 euros. Okay, the buyer then asked for Anna's PayPal address. So far, so good. No passwords were given away. It was all a normal sounding transaction. But something was off. The buyer then paid 170 euros into Anna's account, even though they had agreed a different amount. So there was extra put into Anna's account. So she said, oh, you've put too much into my account. Yeah. And the buyer replied, well, oh, you'll have to pay that back. And Anna said, yes, of course. But 
At this point, she's feeling very suspicious. So she did a Google search for PayPal scams and found out about the overpayment scam. Yes. Which you may know about, Michelle, because you know about all of these things. I do. So that is what was going on here. Oh, God. So the buyer apparently overpays by mistake. Then they ask you to pay it back to a different account. And it's only a small amount, so nothing raises the alarm. But then they ask PayPal for the whole sum back, citing that either the seller hasn't sent the item or they've changed their mind. And the whole sum goes back into the same account that the earlier smaller amount went into. It's very fucking confusing. They're using stolen credit cards normally. They're probably deetsing yes. or whatever it is to make the initial purchase and then they get their, those funds returned into their own account Yes, for doing fuck all. Well, doing quite a lot actually, messing about with people. So Anna, because she thought that this Facebook person was legitimate, she looked into that profile Yep, and she could see that this person had 600 friends. That's a lot, I think. Well. Right? Yeah. You have 600, do you think, Michelle? You got Give or take, friends. yeah, I think. Do you? Yeah. I don't know how many I've got, probably more than you. I th- oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but they all see, I mean, the friends, on closer inspection, the friends looked like they were from places like poorer countries where people would accept friend requests from wealthy Western strangers. So a lot of third world countries amongst the friends. They're buying profiles, aren't they? Possibly. Then the scammer would have three pictures up of themselves, which would all seem to be legitimate But they could also have been stolen images. You can do reverse Google image searches. I don't know about that. You can. But she does. And you know how to do that as well. I know you do. It could have been Janessa Brazil. It could have been. So the other red flag was this account with the 600 friends only had five posts, two in September and three in December, and no interaction at all with her so-called 600 friends. friends. Yep. Exactly. And another alert for our friend in France was that the buyer dominated the conversation, ignored her request for PayPal details. So Anna was asking for her PayPal details mm-hmm. so that they could send the refund, the funds back. Yeah. So that all to her seems so very fishy. That's what was going on for her. She just felt she was being pushed and pressured. So she got off lightly on that occasion. Not the first time, but the second time she was already heightened senses. Okay. So she had 170 euros in her account did yeah. that get taken away as a fraudulent transaction or did she keep that? I think she must have cancelled it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no money was exchanged in the end. Yep. But like I said, she got off lightly because at least she didn't use Craigslist. Oh, no. What's happened with Craigslist? Everyone knows Craigslist is dodgy as fuck. Yeah. It's so dud. No one really uses Craigslist anymore. Not in this country anyway. So this is in America. Mm. In May 2009... There's a clean-cut 23-year-old medical student by the name of Philip Markov who exchanged several messages with someone who back then was labelled as a transvestite. That word doesn't really get used anymore, does it? No, that's this is really old school. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trans. They're just trans. Transvestite in this occasion in the Boston area. He sent this message on the 2nd of May in 2000. I said 2009, it's 2008, and it read, Hey, sexy, and it was from the email address, sexaddict5385 at yahoo.com. That was Philip Markov. Oh, God. 
And other messages that he'd sent to this trans person included explicit photos. It was kind of like dating or getting to know each other, but they never met. Mm -hmm. And he made contact again in January 2009, but this time he used a different name. But still, they didn't meet up. So this trans person and Philip Markoff, under all these assumed names, chatting, chatting, sexy times, didn't meet. Then he sent messages and photos to multiple men who posted ads on Craigslist under the M4T or men looking for transvestites categories. That was a category on Craigslist. It wasn't just a marketplace. Well, a meat marketplace, no, maybe. You couldn't just buy yourself a sofa. It's more to it than that. Mm. So he's then trying to target men who are looking for transvestites and not getting a hit. And then he also posted as a female Ebony Masseuse looking to service male clients. So this guy is on the scam. He's looking to scam. He's looking to target certain people. Who knows why? Because none of those messages seemed to result in a meeting. Okay. Then in April 2009, Philip Markoff responded to another Craigslist ad, which was posted by someone called Trisha Leffler. Now, Trisha Leffler was a masseuse who advertised her services on Craigslist. So they arranged to meet up for a massage that night. Okay. She was in a hotel room. When he turned up, he pulled a gun, he tied her up, and he went through her suitcase, robbing her of $800 and all her credit cards. Now, he wore gloves at the time, and he went into her phone, and he took out his number, thinking he was being clever, from her mobile phone. There was no sexual violence, but he did take his gloves off to gag her with duct tape, cut the phone lines and left with a pair of her knickers. Ew! Philip Markoff. That's his name. Yep. Then, later that month, he responded to another ad on Craigslist under the erotic services section. Now, that doesn't exist anymore. It's now called adult services because I think Craigslist does still operate. So the woman who posted this ad was called Julissa Brisman. She was a masseuse and a part-time model and she worked part-time in a tanning shop. She and Markov began contacting each other under fake names. Mm -hmm. And then she told him she was visiting Boston for three days, which is where he was. And she had a room on the 20th floor of the Boston Marriott Hotel. They arranged to meet on the, f the 14th of April, which ironically was exactly four months before Philip Markov was due to marry his fiancée, Megan. Oh, so this guy, he's a clean-cut 22, 23-year-old medical student with a, a lovely relationship with his lovely bride-to-be. And here he is trying to hit up trans people and oh men and dupe them. He's already tied up and robbed a masseuse, and it looks like he's on his way to doing it again. Fucking hell. You cannot judge a book by the cover. You can't pick them. So Julissa... Brisman, she had a boss at her tanning salon where she worked part-time who helped her set up the appointment. She wanted her to be safe. So she kind of contacted the guy a few times under these fake names as well to organise the arrangement. And when she didn't hear from Julissa as normal, once the massage was supposed to have been completed and the transaction had gone through, she called her and she called her all night long. She didn't get through. So eventually by morning, she got through to the hotel security who put her in touch with police oh, because no. what had happened to Julissa Brisman that night in her hotel room was that she had been attacked 
by Philip Markov in what seemed to be a robbery that had gone wrong. This sounds like it's going to get dark. It got dark, unfortunately. He tried to restrain her. She's only little. She fought back. So he hit her with the butt of his pistol. Oh, my God. And then he shot her three times at close range before fleeing. So she died? Well, she didn't at first. She was taken to hospital, but she did die later in a Boston medical centre, which ironically, once again, was the same place where Markov was studying to be a doctor. Yeah. Two days after that attack on Julissa Brisman, there's a woman called Cynthia Melton who also used Craigslist to advertise lap dancers. She got a message from Markov. They met... He attacked her and tied her up with the same type of plastic ties that he'd used on Julissa Brisman and on Trisha Leffler. He tried to silence her with a ball gag, but she kept shaking her head until he finally gave up. And later on, Cynthia Melton told authorities that this tall, blonde young man had been very nervous and that he was trembling while he rummaged through her room looking for cash and credit cards. And he said to her, don't worry, I'm not going to kill you. Just give me the money. But... The attack was interrupted when her husband knocked on the door. Philip Markov pointed the gun at him, at the husband, Keith Melton, when he answered the door. And Keith Melton instinctively walked backwards down the hall until he tripped and fell. And Markov then ran away. But he had been caught on CCTV entering the hotel because he'd exited out the back. Right. So hang on. So this one was giving lap dancers and the husband walked in well husband knocked on the hotel he must have known about her what she was doing for a living okay he turned up when he thought it was all over right so the police were actually able to catch philip markoff because of his numerous messages that he'd made through craigslist and also email providers and ip addresses were visible in craigslist every time you made a post so using this information the police were able to determine that the messages were responding to the ads and they'd come from this apartment building in boston where police had pulled cctv so they found him and they brought him into the station while they searched his apartment and in there they found bullets cash plastic ties women's underwear oh my god and crucially they found a hard drive that contained the messages responding to Jalissa brisbane's craigslist post fuck He's going down. He is going down. He pleaded guilty within the first 48 hours after denying it. And he was then put on suicide watch when the guards found marks around his neck from shoelaces. But his fiancée, Megan, found it very difficult at first to believe that her Philip could be the Craigslist killer. She publicly declared him to be sweet and caring and he wouldn't hurt a fly. And then she wrote to a news channel saying that there's a police officer in Boston, or many, trying to make big bucks by selling this false story on TV stations. What else is new, she said. Philip is an intelligent man who's just trying to live his life. So if you could leave us alone, we would greatly appreciate it. We expect to marry in August and share this wonderful, meaningful life together. But it didn't take long for Meghan to call off the wedding. And then in August 2010, Philip Markov committed suicide in jail. Because of his medical training, Michelle, he was able to locate major arteries in his ankles, legs, neck, And he slashed them and then he stuffed toilet paper down his throat and also put a plastic bag around his head. And while he was bleeding to death in his cell, he wrote a final message in his blood saying Megan and pocket. What? Which no one knows what that meant. Now, I'm sorry to be so gruesome in the final part of my story, but that's when scams can go wrong, guys. Don't trust people. Make sure that you always have someone who knows where you are. You've got to be safe because this guy, Philip Markov, 
No one, his friends, his family, his fiance, no one could have guessed what was really going on with him, that he was this awful, crazeless killer. No, to all intents and purposes, he was a white male. Already, you know, he doesn't fit what people think of as an obvious target. He's studying to be a doctor. Medical student, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Got a fiance. Got his fiance, all of it. The whole life's all worked out. But behind the scenes, he's a killer. My God, I love that yeah. story. I mean, I don't love that story. It's, no, it's not nice. It's not this nice. This girl that died, she was lovely. It's very sad. And of course, you know, people who work in the sex industry would have been panicking. Who knows who you're being targeted by? Yeah. Is it just a client? You've got to make a living. That's people's livings. Wow. That's really, really scary. Thank you for that story because... I mean, first of all, you think you're safe. You're telling someone you're going to this hotel room. It's all too late. You know, you're never really yeah, safe. Too late. You're, you're never yeah. really safe. Oh, God. Scammers. We need to be more vigilant. And it's happening yes. all the time. That's the only way to protect yourself is just not be drawn into them in the first place, I think. And just being really smart, really clever, allowing your instincts to be the first port of call. Yeah, definitely. But the thing is, People are generally nice and you think that other people are like you, not out to scam, that people are legit. They just have good intentions. Um, and, you know, and I, I'm going back to Anna being scammed. At least she was sort of on high alert the second time and she listened to her instincts about, yeah. hey, I need to investigate this. Because there is actually another scam on Facebook Marketplace And this is something to look out for because obviously the overpayment scam is one that's really rife on Marketplace. Yeah. But there's another one where the scammer will tell you they want to verify whether or not you are a real person. So they send you a code and then you have to sort of say, yeah, I got the code, the code's this. But what they're actually sending you is a Google voice code. And somehow, somehow they can use that to hijack your phone number. And then they'll say things like, if you're a real person, you'll send back the code. And then they'll say things like, only scammers don't send back the code. So they really are piling pressure on you to send back the code that they send you. But the thing is, they are the scammers. So don't send them anything. Don't accept payments that aren't normal. Only accept cash on collection. Do it in a public place if you're going to meet them with lots of people around. You know, just use your instincts. Be safe. Scams are out there. People. People. Be careful. My God. Absolutely. Thank you for that horrific scam story. I mean, thank God. I think Craigslist is on the down and out these days. I think it is still around. I'm not sure. I think it's still around, but I think people are just way more wary. Scammers. you just got to watch out for them. Don't give information away. And do you know what? I will keep you up to date, people, about whether or not this Madeleine McCann oh, yeah. person is a scammer. I'd love to hear more about that, actually. I mean, if she's not Madeleine McCann, she's obviously, there's some history in her life, if it's true, that needs investigating. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of layers to that story. So I will yeah. keep you up to date, people. But Geordie, right. until then, there is only one thing to say. Well, there's three things to say. It's whatever <laughs> you do. Wherever you are. Just keep eavesdropping. 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 
and drop it. <laughs>